Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. This is a podcast where my brother and I watch Glee. Yes. Again. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to excuse Sam's death rattle. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, climate change knocked on my door earlier this week. I was like, hey, you know how hay fever season is literally the worst and you don't want to endure it? And let's like, make no. it all year. Let's make exactly. it all year round. And exactly. then it just spat pollen in your face. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. The fun story before we before we get to our content. Yeah. Uh, I went to the dentist yesterday. Ew! And the dentist the dentist had two remarks for me. One, I need a filling. Of course, my teeth are garbage. Sure. But two, he thinks my eyes are sunburnt, which is because I spent the entire night before going to the dentist awake. In an allergy fueled nightmare where I had like, just kept scratching God. my eyes and was unable to sleep. So, Ew, how hellish, how bad. I yeah. Well, I, I think it's like I would much rather be sort of not in my right mind to go to the dentist because then maybe <laughs> I wouldn't be riddled with overwhelming anxiety. Well, uh, the best part is I yeah. wasn't even, my body was so tired that it mm-hmm. couldn't be stressed, but like they took my blood pressure at the top and the woman was like, you're healthy and young. Your blood pressure should not be this high. And I was like, okay, but like, <laughs> I'm dying. So whatever. I, I people are judgy about blood pressure. Like, excuse no, you, she, just because I just because I look young and healthy, I am on death's door. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Assumptions. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, so this episode is pretty heavy. It's uh the midpoint of season three. On my way, episode fourteen. There uh, is a lot of uh, talk of suicide, suicide mm-hmm. ideation, and like s- visuals that could perhaps trigger people. And we're going to be discussing these pretty in depth. So, uh, you know, trust yourself. If you don't think you can listen to this episode, don't do it. Yeah, and if if you haven't watched this episode of Glee, um, and that and that is this just a general warning because honestly, like. Watching this episode of Glee, for me, especially, I watched it last week because mm-hmm. that's what I do. And when I watched it last week, it was very, it was still emotionally heavy. Yeah. I watched it again today and, like, just circumstances um, of the world that kind of conspired between then and now have, like, really, mm-hmm. like, they it really fucked me up today. And, like... I I yeah. completely yeah I just want to warn people that like it is it's yeah fucked up um so. and honestly I think we should say up top that Glee probably should have had a trigger warning before this episode uh and I don't know if they did when it was running yeah, on TV it probably should have uh yeah. and we've done we've tried to do a little bit of research uh in regards to like what is like the responsibility of someone of like the media in representing this kind of stuff. And honestly, I found it to be sort of disappointing Um, in like the, uh, there's uh, a set of guidelines that the world health organization put out 
uh, for media professionals, so like news people and shit like that, on how to report about suicide to like uh, try to, I don't know, uh, I guess Make counteract. It, you know, yeah. yeah. Try to, to avoid stigmatization, things and like that. copycats, yeah. stuff, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And in that in that set of guidelines, they have like a other media like paragraph where they say that further like research should be done on yeah. the effect of like having suicide imagery and things and things of that nature in media. And it's like great, perfect. Thanks, World <laughs> Health Organization. You're doing it. Yeah, well, and so uh, we're we're gonna have some resources in the show notes, of course, because like, it, it, like, just as stewards of mm-hmm. media, like we're we're creating content. So I mean, part of this is a, a, an apology for the future that we will probably fuck something up in regards to this. Um, yeah, but we're gonna try really hard not to, and also we're gonna have some resources um, in our show notes in order to kind of like help provide more if you're interested there's a lot of there's a lot of things about especially since um 13 reasons why the tv show based on the book came out a year or so ago Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff about that because if you've seen it you know that suicide is a very big topic of it and then it became like really it became a big phenomenon because high school kids and younger were all watching it and i mean i read the book in at yeah, least middle I, I or think high school. So I I think it, our generation all had to read that book in middle school. Um, yeah, which I think the book is like a very different thing, like a very sure. different beast than like TV, uh, yeah. and partly because like visuals, I I think can be a very triggering thing. Um, yeah. more so than because you can like put a book down and decide not to read it. Um, and you can do the same thing with a television show, I suppose, but I don't know. I, I think there's a little bit more of impact. Maybe it's cause I'm a visual learner. What <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think you're yeah. right. And along those lines, we're, we're gonna have a lot to say about this episode. So let's, let's get into some of the details here and yeah, hit um, me with the stats so yeah. that we can, uh, jump into the, to the meat. Yeah. So like you said, season three, episode 14 on my way. Um, it originally aired on February 21st, 2012. With 7.46 million viewers, which is up from last week, which only had 6.99 million. Um, and what what was last week? It was... Hearts, the Valentine's Day. The Valentine's Day episode, of course, of course. Okay, I am looking at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, and so this was directed by Bradley Buecher, who has directed episodes before. And honestly, like, the direction in this episode is fucking top-notch. So, yeah. um, no, good job, Buker. Yeah. Uh, and it's written by uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who is the um, the Riverdale guy. Mm, okay. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. The letter jacket. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, I do want to read something about the critical response for this one. We haven't done that in a while. Are, are you chill with that? Yeah. No, go for it, please. Uh, I'm not going to read too much about the... Um, the talk of like the suicide stuff um, because I'm, I, I feel like it's sort of, I don't know. We'll t- we'll get into that later. Let me, let me read the part that I wanted to find here. Okay. So uh, uh, spoilers, but uh, Finch will do some <laughs> dumb shit this episode. Yes. Uh, 
The wedding of Finn and Rachel did not excite interest among viewers. Voda said the plot continues to feel exhausting and was, quote, small in comparison to other threads going on. And Raymond Flandes of the Wall Street Journal called it, quote, most preposterous, unquote, <laughs> of all the storylines. Vanderwerf uh, wrote, I can buy that Finn and Rachel would be stupid <laughs> enough to, <laughs> to think that getting married would perk everybody right on up. Oh my god. Uh yeah. Um so yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. that was like a, a nice little uh some nice little quotes to bring up uh as we get into the episode. So we start off with no recap at all. We're in the Lima Bean. Rachel and Kurt are looking at wedding dresses and Rachel's like, Oh, this one's timeless and Kurt says, Oh, then you could wear it in five years. <laughs> yeah, so Kurt is still definitely not on board. Um, Which, good for you, Kurt. Same. Yeah. Stick, <laughs> stick to your guns on this one. Um, but so then they are interrupted by our favorite evil gay, Sebastian. The little meerkat. The little little sneaky man. Here yes. he is. And Sebastian has arrived to blackmail Rachel. Is it blackmail? Is it extortion? What's... So, yeah, I'm not entirely I sure. I mean, his dad's a state's attorney. He would know. He would know. Um, but it's funny because in my notes I put he threatens to blackmail and then realize, no, I think this is what blackmail or extortion, whatever the correct term is, yeah. is though, because he essentially, he's doctored some photos to make it look like Finn yes, um, is wearing heels and is naked. And... It's, it's, a, it's a nude that looks like it was taken in like the McKinley locker room yeah. <laughs> at first glance. And... Uh, yeah, we don't see it, thank God. Well, <laughs> we, we, we see pieces of it, but not, yeah, the, we see, not the important we, part. We see the heels and that maybe Finn is, like, tweaking his own nipple. It's sort of weird. <laughs> um, yes. And, and Rachel's like, that's not what his thing looks like. It's not that small or brown. <laughs> like, it's sort of yeah. a strange reaction. And um, Sebastian says that he is going to put all of these on the internet I guess there's, I don't know if he has like a printed out stack in there and he just plans to, I don't know, Scan throw them, them in? In, yeah, like... <laughs> into the internet. Um, <laughs> that that bit's a little weird. Uh, but he's going to uh, put these up on the internet if Rachel performs at sectionals. He wants to even the playing field in his mind because regionals is happening at McKinley. Uh, yep. He sees New Directions as having a home field advantage and wants to get Rachel out of the out of the game um the google threat is weirdly relevant oh yeah okay that shit where he's like he's like if someone googles finn hudson this is what they're gonna find my question who is googling finn ever (laughs) yeah i mean to be fair i think it's more of a just like obviously no one's ever gonna google finn but it does still (laughs) make finn feel uncomfortable about himself so yeah uh there is one like sebastian's compares Kurt's fashion to Puerto Rican pride floats, which yeah. I find pretty confusing because Kurt <laughs> is in gray <laughs> yeah, uh, during this uh, scene. Also, he's, like, very clothed. Like, Kurt's aesthetic yeah. is that he wears more clothes than yeah. he needs to generally. So Kurt, Kurt's aesthetic is layers on layers on layers. And this <laughs> this season tends to be earth-toned. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, um, ro- bad, bad job, Sebastian. <laughs> bad also, insult. Also, Sebastian says a really racist thing about mm-hmm. Tina, which is yes. like, not surprising, but just like, why? 
Like, yeah, like you he can be villainous without being horribly racist. But God. unfortunately, that's like their go-to for some reason. Like everyone who is a villain is also just very racist. Um, Which okay, like yeah, villain villains like racist people are villains, but you know, not all, not all villains. You know, right? Okay, <laughs> so not all villains. God damn it! <laughs> so the next scene is in the choir room. The new directions are reacting to this threat. Um, Artie brings out the rules. That was yes. a that was a <laughs> fairly odd parents reference. Did you like it? I did like it. Well, it's it's great because it, I think it is the same book that we had in like the first season when they look yeah. it up. It just says show choir rule book in like yeah, big actually, font on uh, the front. Actually, a funny gag there, Glee. Nicely done. <laughs> well, I I mean the the stage folks, like the production people there, uh, you usually pull out some good shit. All the pamphlets, yes. all the books. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, the argument they end up having is quite interesting. Artie says that, you know, what Sebastian is doing is obviously against the rules. Uh, all of the warblers should be disqualified just based on this threat. Uh, and Will is like, well, I talked to Dalton's headmaster and Blaine is like, oh, and they're going to do something like they did when I nearly lost an eye. Yeah. (laughs) Wet, wet blanket McGee is not helpful in this situation. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It, it's you're right though. It's it's funny because Finn is very upset because he is obviously the person yeah. who is being threatened here. Um, and Rachel says the line, "I'm not oh, going to negotiate yes. with terrorists." Oh, I loved it. Where she's like, "Finn, I don't negotiate with terrorists." Uh, <laughs> I loved it. And Finn has a very interesting reaction here. I think he's it's a wrong one where he's like, "Oh, so you wouldn't care if I did this to you?" And it's like that's not what she's saying, idiot. Like it's not her. <laughs> she's not the one putting these doctored pictures on the internet it's sebastian she just doesn't want to like deign his activity with like complying to his demands yes no it's yeah it's essentially the show is trying to paint this as rachel is putting winning and niada over finn's comfort i guess like obviously no one wants she does like, she does yeah. say, well, I'm going to be married to you, so it's going to be my problem also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because all those people Googling Finn Hudson. You know, um, there is... Well, if if Rachel does, like, if Rachel and Finn do get married, maybe Finn would be Googled, right? Because Rachel mean... is obviously a golden star rising to the top. Yeah, but, like, would searching Rachel Berry's loser husband <laughs> bring that image up? No, um, I don't know. There is a note that I have to make here. There is some, this yeah. is like the first of like a couple things, times this episode. They There are some really tasteless suicide jokes here. Well, it's like a casual reference to suicide, which I yeah. think is a very purposeful placement. Um, I think it's like supposed to be like sort of obvious that like those kind of jokes are. Not, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the issue is that I guess. One of the big issues I have with this episode, and it's going to come up a couple times, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if Glee should have done this. Yeah. Um, And I don't, I really don't appreciate, like, the fact that there are some, like, sprinklings of, like, weird, what's supposed to, I think, be dark humor. Like, mm. this kind of, it just comes off as glib to me. Like, the way that they're, like, throwing well, some I of these think things it, in. So. I think it's sort of supposed to, in a way, like, showing that, like... 
people re- reference this this kind of shit glibly like and like yeah. make these sort of jokes but then there's also a very like real emotionally devastating component you yeah. know i think that they're supposed they're trying to draw this sort of comparison I-, I don't know if it's like the best one to draw when they're trying to yeah i don't know have some sort of grand moral to it all who knows so the next scene is in sue's office uh Quinn and Sue are chatting. Sue reveals her pregnancy to Quinn uh, the, and the fact that she's on bovine hormones and yeah. does some casual racism right? because so, she's a villain. Yes. Um, also, I, 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 I'm not, I don't feel like I'm as well versed in mm-hmm. narrative terminology and such. Um, is there a plot device for like intentionally changing a character completely using a random like like a random object because all i could think was like deus ex machina but that's not this because so are you saying that the bovine hormones are a macguffin (laughs) well so but that's the thing they're not a macguffin because Mm. it actually is impactful on the story like that's true (laughs) that's the thing i don't think there is a plot device i think we should make a plot device well let's I, I let's check TV tropes. <laughs> well, that's I looked earlier and I couldn't find anything. Oh, so so what? What's your pl- what's your idea? Hormone injection. Whenever okay. A, whenever a character does some, becomes a new character effectively because of some random object or <laughs> random plot device, it's a hormone injection. It's a hormone injection, which is exactly what has happened. Um, Sue's entire like sort of personhood has changed. Yes, she is. Uh, a lot more caring, a lot more empathetic, uh, but uh, she is still racist, obviously. And yep. when Quinn gives her some honestly haughty advice, um, <laughs> Sue uh, says, thanks, Q, for that condescending tone and barely helpful advice. Well, okay, <laughs> to be fair, it also, when re-watching this, I realized there's no question asked here. Like, Mm-mm. Sue is just announcing to Quinn that she is pregnant and um, that she has um, morning, morning sickness. sickness. Yeah. And then Quinn is like, oh, you know, I, I, I had trouble with that. Well, and then, but she also is like, there's no cure for morning sickness. And it's like, thanks, Quinn. You're so helpful. Like, <laughs> well, that's like a, I, that is definitely a trope of like pregnant people and previously pregnant people like having well, friction there. That's yeah. like a thing. Well, I was going to say, that's not necessarily a trope, as it's just, like, a fact of life. Just, like, <laughs> a thing? Yeah. That, that people who have been who have gone through the horrible thing that is pregnancy are a little bit condescending about it. Honestly, yes. they, des- they, they deserve to be as such. Yes. Um, but, so, yeah. So, Sue kind of sarcastically dismisses her when she gives her this advice. And then Quinn asks to rejoin the Cheerios. Yes. Which suits, yeah. We'll to go return for to form and to end her senior year in her, in her rightful place, I guess. Yeah. And Sue, as as we got from Shannon a couple episodes ago when Sam was like, I have to join basketball team or whatever. Um, <laughs> Sue was like, I can't let you on. Like, I can't just let you join now because all those other people that are on the team and didn't quit um, – it's not fair to them if I just let you join. Yeah. And so, so she refuses yeah. and then vomits. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't see that. It implied vomit. Um, yeah. There, there's some shaking of one, like an airplane vomit bag. <laughs> uh, so the next scene, 
starts in the auditorium. We see uh, Blaine sort of doing his sort of, uh, I guess, like anxious artist. Well, brooding. I, I put down Blaine goes all Harry Potter book five. Yeah, definitely. Very broody, very angry. And I feel sort of bad because every time that Blaine is angry, I just think he's adorable. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, he's just so cute and like, oh, aren't you bad? Look at how angry you are. Well, and I guess part of this is that like, I guess this is warranted by the fact that Sebastian is threatening, is like blackmailing Rachel and like, yeah. he never and got nearly in trouble caused for him the to eye. lose an eye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he says he he's like Kurt's like I'm sorry or are you okay Sebastian sucks and Blaine's like don't even talk about Sebastian I don't want to talk about Sebastian here <laughs> I have a song to sing at you it's um also it's supposed to be an inspiring song which is yeah interesting like apparently that's the would, theme for regionals I guess I would not say like theme for regionals what that's whatever <laughs> uh, and the song that he eventually sings. Is, I don't. I wouldn't call it inspiring. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> it's, so, the song that he's going to sing, we have a little bit before he actually gets the song, but it's "Cough Syrup." Um, yeah, by and yeah, Young the Giant. So, as Blaine sings it, Kurt sits and watches him, but not from the audience. He's like on stage on a stool <laughs> about ten feet away from yes. Blaine singing into the mic. <laughs> yes, um, but so so that's what's happening there interlaid with this number um and actually right before the number starts we see dave karofsky at his school which apparently is the thurston like it's called thurston um mm. and it's the thurston dragons for some reason is what's spray painted in the or like it's what's not spray painted painted on the wall in the locker room um, i would i mean dragons is a cool mascot that's true i just think it's 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 just a weird name you know? Yeah, well, um, eh. but Carmel anyway, is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, Karofsky arrives to the locker room. Um, the camera angle is, uh, like, the cinematography is on point for what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, because we see, we get kind of just, like, Karofsky's face, and, like, we're following, like, we're in front yeah. of him as he walks up. Yeah. And, and there's definitely some tension, because, like, this locker room is full of people, and he acknowledges some of them. We see shitty Nick from... Yeah. Uh, from, from breadsticks, breadsticks. Uh, the guy who was like oh hey Karofsky why are you hanging out with this queero you know um, <laughs> right. yeah yeah uh, and uh, so we find out there isn't too much there thankfully nothing is like overwrought here it's mm-hmm. just it's a very it's very good visual storytelling Karofsky enters the locker room he sees something on his locker and we hold on his face Max Adler's face um until he turns around and then the camera starts um, from a point that's just a little bit further than Karofsky. And we see a slur, um, yep. a gay slur uh, graffitied onto his, lo- presumably his locker that yep. then zooms out and blurs. So thankfully like the slur is obscured yeah, um, we, and we don't... blurred for most of the time that it's on screen. Yeah. We don't see Quiro for that long. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah. So then as this is happening, that like as soon as we see it, that's when cough syrup starts. All of that very like production wise, I think is very yeah. good. Um, like yeah, maybe some of the best work Lee has ever done. Yeah, honestly, uh, I think they did a really good job not um, like lingering 
yeah on the slur like surprisingly good job and then having pe- they have like characters walk in front of it like yeah. extras are like covering it up uh as the camera angle continues out and we see Karoski leave fast um yes. he does have like a Bad, some bad interactions with people there like they scream some more slurs at him shit like that sucks yeah and then uh nick gets in his way like anyway so Krosky leaves very fast then we start getting it interspersed with blaine on stage and Krosky um going home going on his computer going on facebook um, yeah getting some more like not, I don't think it actually shows anything too explicit on like Facebook, no, but there's even there's like a we see one that's like, close in of a post, yeah, yeah, where there, yeah, where there's like you know old comic book style like asterisk percentage sign yes. money sign. God, thing, Maggie, why like... you can't say that on our podcast? We're gonna get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, too explicit. Um. Yeah, I don't know about the, those choices. Those were obviously, like, from the editing room. Right. Uh, so... Well, I mean, to be fair, eh. we, we already had the slur on the locker, like... Thankfully, they didn't, like, hit us with more of them. I don't even know if we needed to see those shots of the computer. Just, like, seeing Dave's yeah. reaction to, like, scrolling through stuff, I yeah. think would have worked well, just fine. Maggie, we, we're going to get to it, but the bad guy here is social media, so they have to make of sure course. that we know that that's the bad guy. Um, but also, <laughs> so like, the, yeah. This montage overall is pretty devastating, though. Like, yeah. Max Adler's performance is really good. It's um, really good, yeah. And I, it's, it's definitely helped along with the cinematography, for sure. And the direction for the scene is great. Um, yeah. the, so we see the internet, there's like, he's he's crying a lot um he sits in his room and is like looking at nostalgic objects mm-hmm. um and then starts putting on a suit yep. uh and uh, as sam was saying this is all interspersed with blaine like ripping this song a new one on the stage <laughs> which to be fair the song is a very good song so like yeah it all works really well together um but yeah and i think blaine sings it really well oh yeah too. for sure um the close in of like blaine's very like very exerted face um i don't i don't i think it's it works but it's definitely hmm yeah well the weird thing <laughs> the weird thing is i noticed the thumbnail for the next episode is a very similar shot yes it's literally the same because in the next episode he does this same thing he just goes to the auditorium and angst sings <laughs> something so yeah, which but, I'm about angst Blaine. Like I'm not against that. <laughs> it's just you know, yeah. The same I think thing. the the nice thing is that like this is the first time we're really seeing. But I guess he did the Fight Club thing before. Um, yeah, but he this did is the little Fight Club thing. But this is the first like song angsty thing we're seeing. So I, at least anyway, the montage um, it ends with uh, Karofsky walking into his closet looking up or i think he's, yeah. there's a chair and so he gets up on the chair and he's, yeah yeah the there's two shots really there's one that is from like a bird's eye from the top of his closet so we see karofsky like looking up at a rafter that mm-hmm. uh, that is like going across the screen i think that 
one is a little much um because I, I like a big part of those who um the world health organization guidelines is to not go into like extreme Details. detail yeah. about about the procedure yeah you no know? that's a good point yeah no that's um, yeah and i mean to be fair but then we see him the music- get up on a chair yeah, I don't yeah, know. the music cuts with Dave stepping on a chair, and then we get a hard break. Like we, the it's just those two shots, the from the top of the closet, and then from the bo- from the floor of the closet as he steps on the chair, and then the the scene song. Over. The song ends. It's yeah, um, and then yes, yeah, so and then we cut to Figgins's office. I, I'm sure there was a commercial break here, um, tension and all that, but. We cut to Figgins' office after that with all of our standard adult teachers. Um, Will, Emma, Sue, and Shannon are all there. Um, yes. And uh, we cut in the middle of this because, once again, Glee doesn't really bother to give us a start to a conversation. Um, no. But we find out that Figgins is informing all of them about um, Dave's suicide attempt. And what their procedure should be. They're, like, discussing it. Like, how should we go about doing this? Mm-hmm. We find out about halfway through Figgins' speech that um, Dave didn't die. Yep. Uh, he's alive. Uh, and Sue cries. Yep. She says that she... It's partly, like, a bovine hormone thing, I guess. But also, um, when she was principal, that's when she was... Like, Kurt and Karofsky were having all their troubles and she could have done more and then we have a very like probably the most devastating moment of the episode where sue um mentions how hard it must have been for mr karofsky dave's dad to have found him yeah uh yeah then the it cuts to like an interstitial moment of that yeah and it's it's rough um but uh, the, essentially, the teachers talk a lot about how social media is the problem with anonymity and bullying. I think the problem is instilling kids with hate. No, see, that's okay. That's one of the things I'm going to I'm going to lay this out right now, at least especially from this immediate this immediate stuff we're getting. Glee does paints it as though the problem here is not a problem with society. It's a problem with you know, some asshole teens or something like, like part of, part of my critique of this episode in general is that Glee doesn't do enough, in my opinion, to point out that this is a societal problem that like, yes, everyone here is at fault and not just the queer people. Like, which they also point that out later that it's not actually the queer people's fault, but like they do a little bit of that. And I'm like, okay, like, let's be real though. Like, let's actually talk about this. I think you're right. Like, just sort of demonizing, like, oh, the anonymity of social media. Instead, it should be, wow, how do these kids have so much hate in their hearts yeah. to to do this? Right. Which, you know? Yeah, because, like, they, they, they have a little talk about it, and then Will says some shit, and then Figgins is like, well, you know, it's not our, like, it wasn't our job to, you know, pry into his personal life and or whatever and emma has a i I think emma has some really great lines in this scene specifically because Mm -hmm. it ends on her saying then whose job was it which yeah is very good like i don't know it just yeah yeah and we get some hints um from like later and later in the episode and we've we've seen karofsky's dad a few times uh and like he's been on the show a couple times um that maybe karofsky's home life had a pretty large component to yeah his mental state um but 
you know, they I think there really should have been more of a like acceptance of queer people message. Right. Yeah, which honestly that's the the other the other big problem I have with this is that Glee has decided to do this. Um yes, the show is on Fox, but honestly the people who are watching this show at least I, I hope. Mm-hmm. Like this is my hope and obviously like there are things in real life that go against this. But like I feel like at least the people I know that nowadays remember Glee fondly who watch the show knew that this was a problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like this isn't reaching a new audience. This isn't like, this isn't something where you're reaching all these, you know, like parents of kids and being like, Oh look, like, you know, kids are fucking hateful. And like, we need to be better as a society about not letting them treat each other like shit. But yeah. Yeah. So the next scene is the God squad. We open with Mercedes, um, expository, speech about like what has happened um in a way mm-hmm. uh, she wants to pray for karofsky uh quinn interrupts by saying we should be praying for his family quinn says some gnarly shit yeah um, no that's uh yeah like so where she's she's yeah. like he was selfish to have even thought about doing this yeah um yeah which yeah so so with that mercedes gives us some of the backstory like you're saying got bullied all of that we kind of covered it like the show that's part of it is that this felt somewhat unnecessary because the show had actually done a very good job of showing us this already they'd already done such a good job of showing us like the director showed us so well the writer didn't need to remind us yeah we didn't need the telling in this case which is bizarre because normally that's like not (laughs) the case but yeah so normally it's all tell no show (laughs) yeah so then kurt arrives um to explain quinn how fucking privileged she is and yeah, she needs call, to fucking he, back off he calls her bs hardcore like he's like just because you had a baby doesn't mean you understand like queer oppression <laughs> right which uh, yeah like it's yeah. so good it, it's, uh, he tells yeah, her to have so some good. compassion like that's where it's it, it's not like he's like check yourself it's more of like hey like be chill <laughs> yeah, like, please like let's not let's not though would be great. And Quinn, like, seems to take some offense at this. Like, she's like, you know what? I don't even want to get into it. Why are you even here, Kurt? I thought you didn't believe in God. Um, yeah, because she needed her yeah. safe space, Maggie. She's a sad snowflake that needed a safe space. <laughs> um, anyway, Kurt tells us that he asked Mercedes jo- if he could join. Well, Joe invited him. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. because Joe yeah. is in this episode for, like, two minutes. Um, right. Then Kurt, like, shares his feelings of guilt that he's been carrying around. Yes, because um, apparently yeah. he's been ghosting yeah. David for the past week or so. Um, because after their unfortunate uh, meeting at Breadsticks last week. Where, where he rejected him. Yeah. Yeah, Um, which, this sucks. Like, obviously, Kurt isn't, get, like, at fault here because you're allowed to reject people that you don't want to be with right no that's um okay so that's that's one thing we get another one of this later um and i think it's important to talk about because especially since we're looking at this as like this is obviously it's a suicide issue but it's also based on queer identity like it's based on yeah and so this idea that queer people should feel guilty in this situation is heinous um (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's but, bad. Like, but the thing is, like, I think it's a pro- like, I think it's important to address it. And mm-hmm. the cool thing, I am going to give Glee some credit on this. They do address this later in the episode. But right at this moment, it's disgusting because it's like, yeah. Kurt, you're allowed to not like people. And you're, al- you're allowed to... You told him you wanted to just be friends and also that you're in a relationship. Like, straight people do that all the fucking time and they don't have to feel guilty yes. about it. So don't yes. do not do it. I mean, the the thing that's at fault here, playing this blame game isn't great also. Right. Um, like, having the God Squad and Quinn specifically be like, he was selfish to do this. Um, really, the, the thing at blame is, like, untreated depression and societal oppression. Right. So... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, really, honestly, they just paint Quinn in a really bad light for this scene for do. seemingly like, no reason. Like, to be fair, I do like the fact that it gives us a chance to acknowledge the fact that even though Quinn has been through some life experiences that do, like, like she has been through some traumatic stuff, like, being yeah. 16 and pregnant is not great. Like, obviously, that's going to engender some trauma in your life, but you're also white, and, like, even though you were pregnant, you didn't, like... I mean, you weren't kicked out. You like you were kicked out of your house, but you had a support system that meant yeah. that you were never like truly alone. Yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, essentially, this scene ends by Mercedes tells Kurt, "We're gonna go take an edible arrangement to the hospital. Do you want to come with us?" Um, Kurt uh, doesn't really respond. So. so. I that for the first time I watched the um the episode again. What I I watched it last night and then again today. Uh, when I was watching it last night, when Mercedes was like, "We're taking an edible," and then there's like a pause. <laughs> yeah. Maggie, I think I think that might be a you thing and not a Glee okay. thing. Okay, I thought no. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying that like that was the intention Glee had or whatever. I just thought it was like. Like, it sort of shocked me with, like, a, a moment of, uh, le- like, brevity and humor. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, that's... So. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's really important in this episode because... Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the next, the next scene goes back into um, a storyline that isn't innately, like, tragic, but it's definitely not great. Um, yes. Finchel are apologizing to each other in the McKinley hallway. They, um... What? How? How should we? I put down David's attempt. Um, yeah. I mean, because obviously we're not like. There's, this is part of the problem of like, how to like. It's hard to talk about these things because yeah. You like don't, what? Yeah. What's the best language to use? Anyway, these events have caused Finchel to like, really see their actions in a new light. Mm-hmm. Um, Finn and they both apologize to each other for being angry at each other. Rachel says that she won't perform, and Finn is like, "Oh no, I was being very dumb. <laughs> yes. You must perform." Yes, uh, they they reverse their yeah. earlier positions, which then leads to Rachel suggesting that they get married right after regionals, like the yeah, night. These dum dums think a hasty teen marriage is really what's gonna. <laughs> pop the cherry on this episode oh god um and finn is the best part there is a there is a very good joke here where yeah. rachel goes let's get married and finn says i have jim um which is <laughs> that was funny yes. well, these that those sort of interactions definitely like it the show is in the same place as like hiram Leroy, bert carol yes. of disapproving of what's happening yes so yeah, those little moments definitely cement that, where, like, you know, they just seem like two idiots yes. uh, jumping into a big 
pool of um of i don't know shit i don't a know a metaphor yeah. uh so <laughs> big pool of metaphor <laughs> the next scene is in the lima bean santana and her gay posse are here to <laughs> confront sebastian yes uh because it's britanna and clain all with like their arms crossed <laughs> like, yes fucking um, great Yes, so Sebastian, so Santana's like, hey, let's cut out the bullshit. And Sebastian's like, no, I completely agree. He immediately capitulates on everything <laughs> yes. he's ever done. Perhaps um, he has had <laughs> um, a hormone injection see, realization. Okay. See, that was my thing. I think he's been replaced. I think Blaine has finally bested <laughs> him and has replaced yes. him with a golem of his own making. Um, yes, cough syrup was a ritual to build up Blaine's power yes. so that he could destroy Sebastian. Well, because, yeah, because immediately Sebastian is like, I'm really sorry about the eye thing. That was complete. That got out of hand completely. Um, the yeah. photos all destroyed. No- it, yeah. It, yeah, he destroyed the nudes. Did you notice that, like, the scene starts with, like, Sebastian, like, doing homework, looking, like, very studious? <laughs> well, yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> super weird he's not just drinking coffee and looking haughty you know like <laughs> that's that's his move yeah uh yeah he has a very about like super about face the warblers are going to be taking donations for the born this way foundation at regionals and mm-hmm. they're also going to be dedicating their performance to dave yes um and he's like i hope you'll join me Yes, and doing that. Well, because we find out that the hormone injection in this case um, is another case of queer guilt, I guess. Yeah, queer guilt. Because it turns out that at a at a, the gay bar that we've been scandals. at before, scandals, um, Dave kind of hit on Sebastian a little bit, and Sebastian told him to stay in the closet um, and said yeah, some really weird like, shit. So he burned him and brushed him off, called his eyebrows Liberace esque. Yeah, not. I mean, not chill, but Sebastian is a is a evil meerkat, right? So, which that's and once again, re earlier conversation. Even even evil meerkats are allowed to reject people. He should probably yes. not be as fucking awful and rude about it. But like, <laughs> yes. still, um, yeah. But yeah. So the next scene is back in the auditorium. Uh, I I haven't titled Rory tries peanut butter before we get into the actual root of it all um I want to say two things one sugar uh is very cute <laughs> yes Being like I I see Will that you only have one spoon and I'm only like feel good about sharing a spoon with about half of these people <laughs> yes <laughs> uh same sugar uh and Rory hasn't tried peanut butter right is that a time traveler thing or because you Okay, you studied in Ireland, you lived in Ireland. Tell me, Sam, uh, is this a thing? So, there is peanut butter in Ireland. It's not... Uh, Okay. It's not, like, a big thing, though. People don't... Like, I think in America, we kind of just use peanut butter for everything. (laughs) Yeah, we just sort of... We put peanut butter on brownies, we put peanut butter, like, into sauces i guess that's like a thai thing though but and like um, we we put peanut sandwiches. butter on yeah. sandwiches we put peanut butter on spoons and then shovel it into our gaping maws we put peanut butter on waffles we put peanut butter on pancakes like you know the whole game i'm not angry about it peanut um, butter is so fucking dope i love peanut butter yes but on, i mean so it's not out of the realm of possibility that rory's never tried peanut butter but it's still stupid and i hate it <laughs> 
So the the premise of this scene is that Will is giving Rory this peanut butter so that he can try something new. Um, yeah, he does a surprisingly good teach. Well, okay, here, I think. Okay, um, sure. So Will <laughs> yes. Will is in in attempt to kind of discuss. Well, yeah, he so Mercedes shames suicidal thoughts. Yep. Here, um, great. What we needed. I mean, did you notice that where she's like, I don't think any of us would ever consider that. Right. Like, like, like it's beneath it. Like it, like it's not anything could ever happen to anyone, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure that like shaming ideation is really the best way to go about talking about this sort of stuff. No, Um, I agree. Which will. Yeah. Will does. I will give credit for this. Will does say, Hey, there's something in all of our lives where, you know, if, if things go very badly and they do sometimes in like a very specific way you know there are things that can cause a lot of problems for you and like yeah so yeah yeah will uh shares his own story of like suicidal ideation yeah that happened to him his i think junior year of high school yep uh it was it was junior year he doesn't explain further than that um and he um, describes how he like cheated on a math test, how his dad was going to be told, yep. how he was feeling like a lot of intense pressure and stress, uh, and that makes sense because we've met Will's dad and he sucks. <laughs> oh, that's true. We have met Will's dad and he does suck. Yeah, uh, there are some minimal first-person shots. Like, yeah. real, there's about there's two of them. Yeah, one of uh, seemingly like first person going up some stairs uh onto a roof Mm -hmm. and then uh shot of a first person looking at your own shoes walking to the edge of a building yeah um so i i like that there was minimal imagery um yeah i'm not sure if there should have been any yeah honestly part of this is but it's but this is like a visual medium yeah right yeah, that's so, true. But I guess, yeah, going back to kind of like some of the stuff we're talking about before, like, it's probably not the best idea from a, like, responsible medium, like, mm. point of view. But I think, honestly, like, for a, from a director's perspective... It's at least it's, not gratuitous. Like, it's very... Yeah, it's, it's impactful, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think it would have been... I think it's better that it was first person rather than seeing yes. somebody standing there. Oh, for there. sure. Yeah. Um, and that it, there, these shots are so quick, like maybe like two or three seconds for each. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's, I think that's a credit to the director there. I don't know if that was like in the script. I guess it must've been, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, but I, yeah. So Will shares this story. Um, part of me, I think, Part of what I really don't like about this is that mm. as a queer person, um, yeah. having Will relate this story, I feel like diminishes the role. Like, like once again, yeah. going back to I'm upset about the fact that Glee didn't make a bigger statement about how society is fucked up um, about yeah. this and honestly kind of made it more of a like... It, it feels Teen more suicide in general issue. Well, I was but... gonna say it feels more victim blamey 
It feels more it like... It does, a little bit. It's more like they're saying, oh, you know, like, yes, like, obviously Dave had some really, like, heinous stuff happening to him, but, like, he should be strong, you know? Like, he, he can carry yeah. on, he can do better, and it's like, or, I mean, like, sure, like, I, I feel like there is some message there where you can say, like, you know, we have to work and, you know, stay strong or whatever, but also we need to address the real issues yes. here. Like... We need to address that he was like being harassed, right? Which, like, will sharing <laughs> and the that story and that his par- is, and yeah. that his parents didn't accept him. Like, those were the yeah which, the things to address. Which will well, yeah. it's it's a fault of the show in general, right? There yeah. should be like a queer mentor figure, which who could yeah. share here, you know. But there isn't. There right. just isn't. Yeah. Because the show doesn't care. <laughs> right. Which, okay, so Will Will's kind of strategy here is he's getting all of them to tell tell everybody something they're excited about in the future. Because... Yeah. It, something you're looking forward to because it can get be like a light in the darkness. Yes. Um, it can... Yeah. Um, all of this is... I, I think it's fine. I'm not... I'm not a mental health expert. So, like, I think it's yeah. fine. It's a, it's a nice tactic. Um... They all laugh and at this is. Sugar? I mean, this is like some. Yeah, this is a surprisingly good teaching move. I think. No, like, yeah, you're right. It's it's a very like round. It's a it's a non gratuitous way of like dealing with this traumatic thing that they're all going through together. Yeah, and you know, yeah, and it also makes everyone involved like personally and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's good. Um, but but them laughing at meeting Rachel Berry's children was sort of mean. <laughs> well, the the one that I thought was mean was they all laugh at Sugar for being for wa- for being excited about the future of Sex in the City Part 3, which I want to see Sex in the City Part 3 because then the worst of idea the worst idea of all time will have to make another season. Uh, and I want to listen to that podcast. Yeah. Um I mean obviously it most like to be fair, we've got a couple in there that are very Ryan Murphy. Blaine is like, yes. I want to see marriage and all marriage equality in all fifty states, and like, but like, <laughs> we've got some really good ones. And then there's Finn. Yeah, Finn um, is looking forward to changing his father's dishonorable discharge to an honorable discharge. Is that even a thing? Like, I guess maybe. The, I mean maybe he could petition to say that like his dad's addiction was a disease. I guess, but I think part of the problem that I have with that is that once again like it's just Is it just that you hate Finn? Is this yeah, coloring your I think so because honestly like when you put it that way <laughs> like it made it sound <laughs> more reasonable to me, but the way that like Finn is so obsessed with this idea that his the the idea that he has of his father is yeah. like so pristine and pure that like everyone yeah. else would see him that way too. And it's like, well, he got discharged from the army dishonorably because of things that he was doing. Like they don't just do that yeah. to people out of nowhere. It, so this one line does sort of imply that Finn is still holding his dad up in this kind of like, you know, very heavy metaphorical way. And it's like, Hey, maybe tear down your heroes and realize that we're all flawed Finn yes kill kill your heroes that's the way um but yeah so it's it's nice I I think you're right I think Will does a surprisingly good job here of turning this into a teaching moment and kind of um as we see later in the episode he even like Kurt uses this strategy when talking to David so like yeah and like the the unity like the group unity that we feel from new directions here is 
beautiful. Yeah. Like that's the kind of shit that I'm I want, you know, is like are these <laughs> interpersonal interactions between all of them. Oh not like you meant in the show. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I thought you meant in like oh. your life. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean I, I want that. I want friends. I mean I want it yeah. I want it too, but I I mean I sort of have it. It's nice. Eh. We we can't all have everything we want. Okay. <laughs> That's 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 what drives me forward, Maggie. Is that thought? <laughs> um, anyway, so the scene um, closes with like an overhead shot of the of a circle. Yes, of, like there's the circle they're sitting in. Um, we get a lot of bird's eye camera mm-hmm. like views this episode. I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, but it, I think I think that final closing shot of the circle works to. Uh, like as a visual compliment to the unifying conversation they just had. Yeah. Well, I, I put, I titled this scene feeling well circle. Um, it is a feeling circle, <laughs> a big feeling circle full of peanut butter, but yeah. So let's move to regionals. We're at regionals. Finally. Thank God. Um, and we get introductions of the judges. There's the two randos and then the gag judge. If you recall last time it was a, birthday clown yep. a famous one this time it is a like late night horror movie host yes it's sven sven goobles who is a vampire i'm actually he's, not like he's a dracula yes he's a transylvanian <laughs> vampire it's very important um but so uh i think this gag judge is the best one they've had in a little while um well the, the reactions from new directions are pretty great yeah like there is a good gag like a visual gag where when they start and like they announce the, the the judge they're like and you know the the uh limazone late night horror movie and like finn like is like losing oh, no. his mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's dead. Uh, and, yeah, Mike loves this guy. He's like screaming. Half of New Directions are like standing up and like cheering for this man. Well, they did. Uh, the, they did the same thing for the birthday clown. for the birthday clown. So, yeah, um, and Blaine is like fake scaring Kurt. So <laughs> cute. Oh my god. Um, check our Instagram because I'm putting up that uh, <laughs> shot that I got because it's just too good. I mean, obviously, if you're a Glee fan, you've probably seen that already. To be fair, I missed it watching that. So put it up, please. Share it with the it's world. It's so cute. Um, um, yeah. yeah, the reactions are great. That's the this gag judge recurring joke. I'm not. A, I'm not mad at it. No. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I like. Honestly, we we can't have too high of expectations anymore. Honestly, and like <laughs> we've been beaten down. <laughs> this is this is fine. Um, but so the the Warblers <laughs> begin their performance with "Stand," which yes is bland as hell. <laughs> it is. Um, the worst part of the song is that Finn stands halfway through it. Um, yep. Because I mean, I guess Sebastian is like compelling people to stand by just screaming "Stand" <laughs> at the audience again and again and again. Um, and the worst part of it is that Finn is blocking people. He's like a big dude. Yes. Well, that's like what the fuck. And poor Artie, like he probably can't see. <laughs> no, that's I, I put down. Finn makes everyone stand and scream during the performance because after we cut away. So Finn has a little moment with like one of the members of the Golden Goblets, who is the other yes, choir. Yes, magical. Yeah, um, and she's like, "Why are you cheering for your competition?" And Finn's like, "Don't be a shithead." Which life's too short. Stand. <laughs> but so, um, but after it cuts back to the Warblers, after that, you can hear people in the audience literally screaming, like. <laughs> 
And I'm like, that's not this type of song. What? Glee audiences are so stupid, and it doesn't make I know. any sense. <laughs> the audiences, okay. Like, the only way to explain the audience, like, reaction is if every auditorium has, like, a gas leak in it. <laughs> Because they're all standing up and screaming. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> that they're all just delirious. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. This is the worst Warbler performance so far, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of a bummer, right? Yeah. I mean, um, the, the thing is, it's not bad. It's just boring. Like, the choreography boring. is boring. The Warblers, like, the song itself is boring, which is... Yeah. Yeah. We, like, they did those fucking cool-ass dance moves back at Dalton. Yeah. With... And like they were like flipping around and shit. They don't do that here. No. Why not? I, I, yeah. It was so. What's great about they this? Sing, yeah, go for they it. They sing "Glad You Came" next, um, which I think is it's so kids boppy. Yes. There's like a point where like they basically wave their arms around and like march across the stage. <laughs> well, that's so. Yeah. So what's it's so hokey? It's like a it's like a performance at a theme park. Like it's not good. <laughs> well, it's very boy band. I will give you that. Um, but one of the things that's very funny is everyone sits down after the first performance so that they can stand up again during <laughs> well, this one. Though they're not screaming at to be to stand anymore. Right. Um, there's a there's a moment in between the two numbers where Sebastian is like, "Our prop this time, our donation baskets, please, <laughs> right, <laughs> please give what you can." Yeah. Uh, because the Warblers are coming out with the moral victory, everyone. Yes, but so um, yeah, I, I wrote down like the choreography is at least more fun on this one because there is a little bit of the like slow motion like whooshing. Like, <laughs> yes, there is a little bit of whooshing. Uh, there's like a point near the end of the song where a warbler that we don't know kind of like jumps towards the camera. Yeah, that's it's very in a weird. way that it's sort of reminiscent of when Kurt did the leapfrog at sectionals. Yeah, no, now that you say that, yeah, it's nearly the same shot composition. Um, Good job, Glee. Yeah, I, I, I just put a note that the choreography is very bro. Um. Oh yeah, very much so. Like, but there's not, there's like no sex appeal. No, it's, it's, it's very, it's very chaste, bro. <laughs> Which is weird to me. Like, <laughs> the Warblers have been sort of, you know, at least sexy a little bit. You know, like a little bit sexy. Uh, Maybe it was all Blaine. Maybe it was all Blaine. Yeah, maybe you're right. Singing Pink does that to you. Oh, that's true, too. Uh, yeah, so, so it's fine. I mean, it's better it's than fine. Stand. It's just, it's fine. Um, Then we have the Golden Goblets from Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow High School, which sounds like a real I fun would... place to go. Yeah, like what a horrible place to go to high school. <laughs> um, But they are, as Maggie already said, magical singers. So they are all decked out in like Renaissance era garb. Yes. Um, and they sing, a, we only get a little bit of it, which is honestly a crime because like <laughs> this is like they sing uh, She Walks in Beauty um, as like a choral like, like yeah. acapella. And it's just, it's. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. I think it would have been actually sort of a funny shot, like a funny move to have the whole song and just have characters' reactions the entire time. Well, like a full yeah. minute of it. I would. I wouldn't be angry at, about it because we get a shot of Figgins like fucking 
losing his mind about how good this is. Um, yes. But in like a but in like a subdued churchy kind of way. Right. So yeah. His eyes are closed and he's got his hands like in a in a in like prayer hands to his lips, just sort of like nodding and like moving his whole body along. Yep. Um. Yeah, I loved it. Well, and so we cut. Um. And then we immediately cut to the green room, which is the choir room. Um. And yes. Puck is saying. Shit, they were way better than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> I love that he was doing his eyeliner yes, also. Yes. Uh, and Brittany, to cap the joke off, says, were you high? I couldn't hear their instruments at all. <laughs> oh, Which, God. Uh, funny, funniest joke of the episode, maybe. Uh, yeah. And it's not a very funny episode. <laughs> no. Um, it's which kind of a little heavy for that. Just to, just to reiterate, like, one of the other reasons I really wish they had done more of that song is because, like, I don't know. Glee, you're talking about like some really heavy shit right now. Like, yeah. give us some nice, beautiful music to like make us feel <laughs> more things. I don't know. Well, that's what the Warblers were supposed to be, probably. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, they failed, but yeah. So they they have a show circle, which this I realized something about mm-hmm. Glee in general. This episode with this very specific thing, um, you can tell that the people who write this show were drama kids um well yeah no they're they're definitely using that shared language that's like a that's definitely a purposeful move from the show well uh, but the thing is i think they i don't know if any of them actually did choir because i feel like they're they're literally (laughs) just like let's do a glee club that's like a choir but let's just have it be essentially a drama group that sings sometimes (laughs) like because that's what that's what it is though like it's all these people. Mm. It's all these big personalities that are all like yeah. super boisterous, super like dramatic. Um, Who rarely rehearse. Exactly. Like, of course. Yeah. It's a, it's an <laughs> improv troupe in a high school. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so Finchel decide that this is the moment to announce that they are going to get married today. <laughs> so it, it like right after regionals. Sorry for the short short notice, everyone. Can you be there? Because uh, regionals, because regionals is during the day. Yes. Um. The, so they're getting married this afternoon, and they invite everyone. Yes. Even people who have not supported them. Which you know, real classy move, I guess. Yeah, class move there, Rachel. Uh, and then they close out the circle by going amazing, which is never something they've never done before. <laughs> On three or after three. Um. So. <laughs> So we get, then we cut to their performance. Um, we're starting with a mashup of Fly and I Believe I Can Fly. Um, mm-hmm. Obligatory R. Kelly is a cult leader who is awful. So <laughs> yeah, is a cult leader who uh, like abuse, who, who's like a, has abused underage people. And probably so. continues to do so. So like. Boo. Yes. Um, but uh, Fly is... A, I, I kind of wish they had just done Fly, because it's a Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. song that features Rihanna, and like we don't get yeah, nearly enough of that in Glee. Um, yes. But so Rachel starts with the... Yeah, we, we absolutely do not get enough like femme rappers. Yes. And that it continues here as well. <laughs> that is perpetuated, even though they do a Nicki Minaj song. They're in, yeah, okay. Uh, there's a lot of fog. Yes, I, a, I noticed a that shit too. Ton of fog. There's so much fog. <laughs> so here's my question: Who couldn't do the footwork? <laughs> Finn, obviously. 
Um, they do have Finn near the front this time, probably because they've got all this fog to hide his feet. Uh, so uh, the, I think this mashup is really good. Rachel is doing the hook. Like she's featured on the repeated hook of the song, mm-hmm. but it's a full choir sound. Like they trade um, the leading part throughout the entire group, it seems. Yeah. Um, for the most part, anyway. Uh, and I loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh, however, however, uh, Santana does not get enough rap because Blaine steals half of it. Well, that's and that's where I realize, like, Finn doesn't have a lead in this song, which is... It, it, yeah, Thank Finn God. doesn't have a lead at all. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, Santana does not get to rap enough. It's The thing is, like... I, I watched it last week and I wasn't really paying that much attention, but you sent me that message last night and I was watching mm-hmm. it this time. I was like, fuck, she gets like a line and then like yeah. Blaine cuts her it off. Sucks, right? It's terrible. Which she like, there's like some supporting rap vocals, I guess, under Blaine after that. But it's just like, why can't she hey, just... like why? Yeah. Um, but so, uh, yeah, the two of them rap. Hiram oh, and yeah. Leroy are in the audience and they are adorable um <laughs> Hiram is like astounded oh by every time Rachel opens her mouth basically which is just the cutest thing I've ever seen yes um the other problem though like every competition and I know I harp on this and like it's never mm-hmm. gonna change unfortunately but we get cut cutaways to Will and I don't give a shit oh I don't give I hated shit. those I hated those so much where Will is just like pounding on his chest like yeah, yeah. got it guys <sighs> like Fuck you, Will. I don't want to see you ever. Exactly. God. The, the main, I think the thing that's so criminal about them is they're so long, too. Like, <laughs> yes. Because we're watching a performance. <laughs> I don't want to see Will in and the they're wings. They're so visually uninteresting. Yes. Like, Will is wearing like a gray suit in like a black background. Yes, it's uh, terrible. Terrible. Disgusting. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And then so there's a little bit of Artie leading and a little bit of Mercedes um getting some lead near the end of this song. Um. Damn Mercedes though. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> it's very good. Um. But then after this after this number, um, the stage thins out. Yeah. The boys run off the stage and we get some added in, theme. Uh, women yes like some women just show up because it's the trouble tones number if you recall uh santana mercedes and britney decided to like rejoin new directions because the trouble tones were promised a number at regionals yes so here we are um and let me tell you the number that they cover that they do is so much better than the original song like it's amazing it's yeah it's so good they do uh kelly clarkson's what doesn't kill you makes you what doesn't kill you and then in parentheses stronger i I thought it Um, was stronger and then in parentheses what doesn't kill you i fight with wikipedia not me okay um Uh, but yeah so sue also arrives into the audience to see this it's a note like whatever um the best thing about this rachel and unfortunately quinn and tina are also not included it is legit trouble tones well no i think tina is there okay cool well yeah um and i think quinn might be too but mostly it's like cheerios looking yes dancers uh it the dancing is so good like super aerobic they like basically sprint across the stage multiple times yes it's amazing 
Yes, and um, obviously the leads are Santana, Brittany, and Mercedes. Because that's how this works, and, and it's great. Mercedes murders this song. She destroys it. Yes. It's so amazing. It's so good. Yes. Um. So, one note. Yes. This song... Mm. The the main line here, what doesn't kill you yes. makes you stronger. Was it a bad choice for the... Was it a bad choice for the suicide episode? For, for the suicide episode. I don't know. Probably, maybe. I... Um, but the song is so good, Sam. But that's So here's the thing. All of these songs are like intentionally picked to be like inspirational Uplifting. like yeah, yeah. Like, which obviously we heard that like the theme of this is inspiring or whatever, but they're all yes. like it's just they're all weirdly, like they they feel very directed. Yes, yes. And then, again, kind of going back to like what we we're talking about a little earlier, it feels a little victim blamey because they're all like, "Yeah, you can do it." Like this is on you. Like even if they're inspirational, they're still like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, there's definitely an air of that. Yeah. Um, the number the trouble tones number closes with. Like such a satisfying dance move. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> yes, they are uh, doing like a shoulder shimmy sort of thing, and that because the end of stronger is like a bunch of. How would you describe those? Ahs? Like no, like yeah, yeah, like just short ah yeah. notes. Uh, and at the the last one, the lights turn off and they close their feet together. And they bring their shoulders down. And it's just, and it's all at the same time. And it's just, oh my god, the most satisfying thing. I had to watch it like th- three times. <laughs> it's, it's like how choir is supposed to be. Um, wow, amazing. <laughs> anyway, so then we get to the last number, which turns out to just be Rachel um, on lead. Yeah, it's Rachel's big solo. <laughs> She's singing "Here's to Us," um, which ends up. I like. Yeah, go for it. Usually I'm not I'm not very into just Rachel kind of belting out her feelings because we've gotten it so often, uh, but this feels a little fresh because of her like the Barry's reaction. Oh in yes, the, in the audience. Yes, uh, where Hiram just like starts crying. <laughs> like <laughs> Leroy like throws his arms up halfway through the the song and it's just like yes, yes. Which okay, <sighs> to be fair, um. I, on the scale of, like, I, I I don't know. The only other one I can really compare it to is uh, Don't Rain on My Parade. Yeah, th- w- but that's not, this isn't This that. is not that. Like, and I don't know. Part of it is that there's Ma- some implied. Is it, is it a preference? Is it a preference thing? Like, are we just, like, I mean, too, too gay and <laughs> into, sh- like, <laughs> musical theater? What's the problem? I think part of the problem, for me at least, is that it turns into, like, a very directly Finchel mm. bullshit. Like, Oh, yeah. Because Rachel's on stage, the girls come out and join her and, like, provide some backup. And then the boys are in the wings? Yeah, well, no, they're on balconies uh, up on, like... The, yeah, they're on, like, balconies where there aren't chairs, which they... I guess they get to do this because they, this is yeah. their home auditorium. Right. Uh, it is sort of weird, though, that I guess Glee really wanted to have someone in the house, really wanted to redo See, that, but they they couldn't do it again the same exact way. Well, and part of the problem, uh, McKinley's auditorium doesn't have door Like, they, do, they don't have the aisles yes. down the way. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I yeah. So, uh, 
but I mean, yeah, there's a part and where... And it's not all the boys either. It's just like Finn and... Rory's up there. Rory and Mike, Mike and Artie on the, other, on the other side. I think... So where's Blaine, Sam, Puck? And Kurt? Kurt. I, I, think they're, I think they're actually two sets of balcony. Like, on each side, there's mm. two balconies. And they only really focus up on the ones that have Finn and Rory on one side and then Mike and Artie on the other side because they're, like, yeah, the closest to the stage. Yeah, because we need to know that yeah. Rachel is just going to scream the entire song at Finn. Right, which is scream what sours is mean. it. Of course... Of course she sounds amazing. Right. Of of course, Leah Michelle's voice is like astounding and out of this world good. But that doesn't mean, you know, that this is visually interesting. No, which, yeah, like, I don't know. I guess, like, the reason I think I prefer Don't Rain On My Parade, yes, mm-hmm. I'm super gay and like, thank you (laughs) the the theatricality of it no i understand same but like also i feel like it's just a better like i feel like it showcases leah michelle's abilities more than this song does i think so too this one is like i don't know it feels a little bland yes that's yeah yeah a little mayo yes Mm, which rachel is really embracing that hetero lifestyle you know (laughs) <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a nice key change. I put down the key change is nice. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. it's over. Uh, we didn't talk about what they wore. Uh, I, they're yeah. wearing black dresses uh, with gold, um, like sweetheart necklines and then red crinoline underneath. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've worn dresses that look pretty similar to this before. I Maybe that's purposeful. Like, I think the Trouble Tones might have worn something similar to this. Mm. At one point, uh, yeah, and the boys are wearing black short sleeve shirts and suspenders. Are they all wearing bow ties, or is that just Blaine? No, I think they're all wearing bow ties because I think Finn is okay. wearing a bow tie. Um, <laughs> Probably because Blaine picked out the outfit, right? Which, it does look it look it's a very Blaine outfit. It is, outfit. but I also feel like it's something they've done similarly, like in the past for yeah. competitions. Like it's a very it's a very show choir outfit, honestly, because it's black mm. with like sparkly gold. Like, but <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Um, so that's what our high school marching band outfits look like. Yeah. So. Well, we didn't wear bow ties, though. I wish we did. Honestly, looking back. I wish back. we did. Damn. Dude, as a, it would be so dope if we had worn bow ties, especially like if it was like the drum majors wore bow ties. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That'd be amazing. Um, mostly because I would get to wear bow tie, but... And top hats. Top hats oh for God. everyone instead of big feathers. <laughs> yes. Um, but so we're, we're at the results. We, as per usual, we have the three glee clubs up on the stage. Um, and... Oh, uh, and Sven Goobel's cop- coffin. His coffin See, gets uh, wheeled out. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's another thing. Is like in the tone of the episode, I'm like, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> I loved it's it really anyway. Good, no, I thought it was really funny because then he um, speaks and- in a Transyl like like a Transylvanian yes. accent. I I have crossed through oceans of time. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, to give this uh, show choir competition decision. Yes. Loved it. Fucking loved it. Uh, we get like some background um, reactions from. <laughs> yes. There's like a good one from Puck where he's just like confused looking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um. But so as per. Well, I, I can't say as per usual because literally the way they read the results changes every time. Um. <laughs> but so they announced third place, which is the magical choir. 
They are the Golden Goblins. They're psyched they're ex- out of their minds. Why are they? Why are they always so excited? <laughs> why is third place always like so excited to get the littlest trophy? I don't know. Because when when New Directions l- lost, they were um, upset. In season one, yeah. they were sad. Yeah. Oh God, it's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but so um, then we immediately cut to first place, which of course is the New Directions because they sang three songs and everyone else sang two or just one. So <laughs> Okay, so it's phrased as they are the 2012 Midwest Regional Champions. Okay. So what does that mean? I don't... Like mid Midwest? Are these magical singers not from Ohio? Like... I mean... What? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think part of it is that, the, like, once again, these drama kids don't really understand how competitions work. <laughs> um, because there's definitely not a... Like, that, what that implies to me is that there are nine choirs in the Midwest that all yeah. competed in sectionals to be here. Um, that just seems unreasonable. So. Doesn't it? <laughs> Well, but it's also Glee, yes. so they don't, they're not really worried about the specifics of anything ever. Right, yeah, those those Illinois choirs and those Kansas choirs and those, you know. The, the Iowa choirs. I'm sure, like, Midwest choirs are very good. Uh, no, that's, um, just, yeah. Because kids don't have anything to do. Right. But, well, that's, yeah. But sing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know why, but in my mind, for some reason, like, Honestly, actually, now that I think about it, like, everywhere in the country seems like it would have good potential for strong choirs. I don't know why. Because kids are just full of so much passion. Right, yeah. And glee inspired them. Right, yeah. Ooh. (laughs) So, yeah, the Warblers are coming away with the moral victory? Yes. Question mark. Uh, Blaine shakes Sebastian's hand. Oh, that's sweet. That happens. Well, I mean, it's the Sebastian he created, so, like... It is. (laughs) It's his creation, not the one that that I um, uh, eyed him. Right. What do I want to use there? Well, I Um, mean, it was the one that eyed him. Maimed him? I mean, the the demon also (laughs) talked about how hot he was literally every time he was on screen. So, (laughs) but yeah. It's true. So, um, let's move to the next scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sue has Quinn come to her office immediately after regionals. Yes, like right after Quinn still looks a little sweaty, even. Yeah. Uh, and Sue t- tells her that she admires her, uh, not because that like she used to think that Quinn was a lot like Sue, but instead she's realized that Quinn is much stronger and a, like a better person yeah. to be admired. Um, then she presents her with a Cheerios uniform, and Quinn returns to form and looks her straight in the eye and says, you're not going to regret this. Which, okay, one, like, Sue talks, I think, again, there's a mention of the bovine hormones, which it's like, seriously, like, if you wanted Sue to be a nice person, (laughs) you should have done a better job of characterizing her before. But um, (laughs) also, Sue's reasoning before was really solid. Like, there's no good reason for Quinn to be back on the Cheerios now. Um, Well, we know that Quinn is maybe like a cheerleading prodigy oh sure <laughs> Be- right because she was the captain as a freshman her freshman year yeah which makes zero so... sense um yeah but uh yeah whatever she's sue is not gonna regret this no because quinn is back to being full 
like season one Quinn. Here she is. Yes, I- including uh, and... some of the dubious moral decisions. As like yikes. Yeah. So <laughs> so we uh, start the next scene. Uh, Quinn is walking through the hallway um, in her Cheerios uniform, and Blaine says, "Looking good for Bray." <laughs> yes. As Quinn pa- passes by, which I thought was cute. And then Quinn comes up to Rachel and is like, look, I'm wearing my Cheerios uniform. I was just so excited I had to put it on. And she apologizes and asks if she can come to the wedding, which is a little weird because she's already been invited. Right. Uh Well, I I guess to be fair, from Quinn's perspective, Rachel did specifically uninvite her when they first announced the wedding. that. Um, That is true. And like Quinn still had made it very clear that she didn't think it was the best idea for them to get married. Which is still true. Um, but uh, I, I guess she just wants the clarification. Also because we have to set yeah. this up because it's it's going to get real dumb yeah, here. Yeah, we, so. we, we have to set up this sort of tension between Quinn and Rachel. Yes. In that they're, they're going to reconcile through this wedding. Yes. Um, so the next scene is at the hospital, which is weird because uh, in the timeline, how does this work? Did Kurt go from regionals to the hospital then to the wedding wedding oh god good point that's like what a full ass day well i mean also i don't think there's enough time considering how (laughs) quinn's storyline goes for the rest of the episode so maybe right this must have happened like a couple days before regionals like that's the only way that this Uh, makes sense (laughs) which but i (laughs) But it didn't because it's here in the episode. Which, oh, Glee, why'd you do this? So part of it, though, I really like this scene. The first thing I really like about it is that we never see the doctor's face because apparently it costs oh, too yes. much to pay an extra. <laughs> no, I no, I think that's like a really good decision to make, right? Because we don't need to see that shit. Right. Like it, it, it really implies like the dehumanizing feeling of being in a hospital too, of like, yeah. like the pen clicking and the. And like the paper shuffling and all that shit too. Yeah, I think it. I thought it, that was really good. It is. It is not like from an artistic standpoint, and also, yeah, I think it's good. I just thought it was funny because I'm like, it's very <laughs> obvious that they are trying, like, they're working to not show us the doctor's face. Um, well, it, it take it like this is going to be a very emotionally heavy, heavy scene. Yes. We don't need any sort of extra visuals. It could have, to... it could have been Sven Goodles or whatever. Um, <laughs> Sven Goobles, yes. Any... <laughs> anyway. I bet it was. And he was still wearing the Dracula makeup and the top hat. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Karofsky, we're in Karofsky's, uh hospital room. Uh, Kurt is visiting him. He's brought some flowers. Um, and... Part of like so, like I was saying earlier, um, we had the like queer guilt storyline where Kurt is like, "It's my fault because I ghosted him." Um, in this scene, David directly is like, "It is not your fault." Like, yeah, I harassed you for months, and then it happened to me, and I couldn't handle which it. Which goes back to the victim blaming kind of thing. Which yeah, that where it's like I wasn't strong enough to handle people treating me really shittily like it's like um okay yeah uh yeah the the conversation they have feels really honest Mm -hmm. and like the performances are fucking top notch like finally we have actors who are crying convincingly (laughs) yes which yeah so um part of the stuff that comes up here uh we get some hints that david's home life is not great um he has yeah, a line about um, his mom uh the, yeah. the timeline is a little weird because it seems that 
like as soon as Dave had that slur graffitied on his locker, like it led to that series of events that we saw. Mm-hmm. But here in like what he says, it he's like, I couldn't even handle it for a week. And then like, when did he have this talk with his mom where his mom was like, oh, we can cure you. Um, um, I'm pretty sure. When did that happen? I think that happened afterwards. I think that happened afterwards, at the hospital. Probably. Probably. That sucks even more. Doesn't it? Wow. Though? Like, but that's the thing. Like, one of the things that, and to be fair, like Glee didn't get into this because Karofsky is at at best a side character, and like he's definitely not a main character. So like, I don't blame him for not doing it. But like, one of the big problems here is that Karofsky is in this situation because he was has had explicit messaging from his parents that it's not okay yeah. to be gay and like yeah well glee shies away from this shit all the time right, right? Yeah. like we didn't get to see santana have that interaction with her parents right. because they don't like it's not a queer story right. it just isn't right. by its nature it's too focused on the relationship between rachel and finn which sucks yes like yeah like <laughs> listen it's fine. It's fine that that's where the story is, but like claiming that Glee is like some sort of tenant of like, qu- like queer, like queer uh, culture. Queer culture yeah. is like such a lie, and this shows it yeah. because David is a side character, and they treat him like one, even though they like are you. They're using him as a tool to talk about teen suicide right. instead of like as. So, as, as someone who is feeling intense emotion, I think Max Adler does really good with what he's given and like the it's impactful, but it's not perfect. No. It's really, really not. Yeah. And that's part of it, too, because um, we've talked about in the past. The only thing that I really trust these showrunners to tell us a story about is being queer and like. They don't do it. <laughs> and they, they don't do it. <laughs> because that's the thing is Kurt Kurt is here to console him. And it's great because Kurt is also, you know, Kurt is great. But the thing is, like, Kurt did in, endure some, like, really intense bullying. But his dad, like, was still pretty cool about it. You know? Like, yeah, his dad ac- accepted him and, like, was the maybe the best human being alive. Right. Which, like, so that's part of it is... Like, even even with the support, it's great. And it, it's very good. But it's like, we never have gotten any storyline where the the only places that we see this, like, it's, like, homophobia, really, are yeah through kids. Like, and also Figgins. Like, like we don't really get a lot yeah. of the, like, parental homophobia, which is honestly one of the, like, honestly, for me, I, I personally, I think that's one of the things that needs to be talked about the most because those are like the most yeah absolutely because it's like from your own it's such an insular part of your life yeah. like and being told by your own mom that like you're diseased yeah that's that's intense yeah. you know that's that's the kind of shit that we need to be talking about that's like it that's what causes like all this internalized homophobia that led to david like attempting to take his life well, no maggie it was so, social media yeah uh so kurt helps him fantasize about leaving lima and like what his life could look like in 10 years Mm -hmm. by using that same tactic that will used earlier right um and then they cement their friendship by holding hands yeah which we also get a cute little flash of this hypothetical future 
where uh, Max Adler, they age him a little bit by balding him in the back. Um, and not mm-hmm. nothing, Poor guy. nothing else because they probably didn't have the budget to do anything else, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's sort of a soft focus. <laughs> yes. Kinda. But it, it's cute. He has a partner. They have a kid. Like, it's adorable. Yeah. Um, but so it, it the, that's the other thing, like you already said, they both cry. Like, they cry, but it's very convincing. Like, it's a very, like, natural yeah. thing. This, yeah. The conversation feels really genuine, yeah. uh, which is, I guess... I guess Chris Colfer just does his best work in fake hospitals. <laughs> oh, God. What does that say about you, though? That's an actor. Fake hospitals and then singing about a dead bird. Well, but, He's got but it. But you, know, you do know what that means, though. He's perfect for soap operas. Um, so anyway, <laughs> anyway let's move so on. So we, we go back to... Um, to seemingly no this is the courthouse the time that we were in yes oh like, right no you're right yes it, th- we're going back to the day of regionals. we're going back to the future if you will <laughs> we are sue is congratulating will and will's like oh really congratulating me how out of the out of character for you <laughs> uh we find out that she is crashing finchel's wedding yes. because she just can't miss it uh, and that she genuinely wants to help New Directions win nationals. She's a proven champion, and she wants to give Will her expertise. She wants to give Will a little bit of her hormone injection. Because, like, this <laughs> makes zero sense. I'm not complaining, because I like Sue, and I I like when Sue is a good person. Like, I feel like that's when the character of Sue is at its best. But, like, ugh, are you kidding? Like, you had to pull out this, like, weird random thing to be like, oh, now she's nice because the the hormones are making her nice. And it's like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, whatever, right? Exactly. Having Jane Lynch around is always a good thing. So the uh, next scene is amazing. (laughs) It's it's the best one from the episode. It starts off, um, it's Bert, Carol, Hiram, and Leroy, and Bert is like, raging he's just yelling about how this they failed as parents and how they need to call this off how he's gonna pull the plug because somebody needs to right uh carol tries to talk him down being like isn't it a good thing that we've raised such independent thinkers (laughs) which well like oh god i Uh, these are like the best four characters of the show aren't they (laughs) it's it's a shame that they sort of squandered Hiram and Leroy to like the back of the episode. Um, It's there should be more, but what can you do? And I would argue against Carol's point here saying that they've raised the opposite of independent thinkers because Rachel and Finn are so codependent and like horrible to each other. Yeah. And also like they seem to take all of their direction from the things Will says. Which... From Will, yes. From Will, who did marry Terry, his high school sweetheart. Yes. Um, so they're just speeding up the timeline a little bit. But what <laughs> what what this leads to is Hiram. Yes. Pro- Hiram's plan. <laughs> proposes a plan. <laughs> which, to be fair, it's great because when Chris and I were watching this, I quoted part of this verbatim with Jeff Goldblum and was like, I didn't realize I still knew that because... Jeff Goldblum is I, incredible. Yeah, his performance is just so memorable. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. Um, so what he, what's going to happen? Uh, he is Bert is going to uh, distract 
run interception with Finn specifically. Yeah, run interception with Finn. Carol is going to distract the judge with her feminine wiles. Which he does this little (laughs) motion that is so good. The little mo he like touches his lips a little bit. It's so good. And Carol is just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then and then Hiram is going to shuffle Rachel out of the courthouse into a car where Leroy is waiting, where he will drive because Jeff Goldblum doesn't drive to Broadway. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, shit. It's so good. And then, like, they're all just like, yes, this is a good plan. We're going to do this. The the, the best part is the scene ends and Bert is like, sounds like a plan. Like, but, um... But the the way that this I guess they're desperate. The way that this starts is that they realize that the only person who could tell like get Rachel to realize that she's making a mistake Barbara. is Barbara Streisand. <laughs> which But she's too busy shopping in her underground mall. Which she has one of those, you know. Um but Oh my god. But it's Hiram and Leroy are the best characters. So Why are they in the show? So so much more than they are. Jeff Goldblum a has shame. a high price tag, Maggie. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Goldblum has. Ha- well, he's got to make all those apartment.com. <laughs> exactly. Ads. But so um, then we move to the wedding. Like, so Finchel's meeting yeah, right before. They, yeah. They're like looking at each other in their wedding outfits. Which I is guess bad luck, Maggie. What this is? Oh, whatever. Pfft, heteronormativity <laughs> is poison. Uh <laughs> So, Rachel looks beautiful, though. Yes. Can we agree on oh, that? Oh, no, she looks uh, divine. She, yeah, very, like, Audrey Hepburn Ooh, kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, good point. Um, uh, the dress is is classic. It's timeless, probably the one they were looking at the beginning of the episode. How did she uh, get it that fast? And I don't know. Maybe she sewed it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> while her dads and her were rolling finger sandwiches... Somebody was sewing the dress at the same the, the time. The mice that live in their basement. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, Rachel and her, Rachel's animal friends. Right. Yes. Because um, she she looks like a Disney princess. She's so beautiful. But yeah. So Finn is like, hooray, we're going to get married. And Rachel's like, yay, we're going to get married. But we have to wait because Quinn says she's going to come. Um, and Finn is like, are you sure? I guess. And Rachel's like, yeah, yeah. She sent me this text. She's getting her bridesmaid's dress because she lives in the middle of nowhere. Um. So the last bit of the episode, yeah, like where, the, where is this? What Ohio looks like? I don't know. Okay, did so, Quinn's dad the, buy them like a mansion out in like the literal middle of nowhere? Like probably oh though, probably like the Fabres are probably off like far away with a lot of land. Yeah. Well, but it's just her mom and her in that house now, yeah, right? Because her, her dad, her dad got kicked yeah. out. Um. Yeah, so the rest of the episode is this sequence passing between the courthouse and Quinn in her car. Mm -hmm. Rachel is texting Quinn in all caps multiple times, just like, where are you? Uh, How much longer? Where are you? All this shit. And we see Quinn, like, in her car. She's in the driver's seat of her car. We're positioned... Like slightly on the dashboard, I think we're maybe outside of it. Like we're, I, I think sitting on the hood. Well, I was gonna say, I think we're in the car. I think we're like kind of like down. It's weird because we're kind of like in, like right, like in front of the passenger seat. Like we're like yeah, in the like foot it. area, like looking at. We, Quinn. we are the dash. Yeah. Um, and Quinn is like fixing up her makeup in the in the rear view mirror she is 
looking at her phone every time it buzzes. And then there's like a tractor or something in front of her that's really slow. And there's a lot of tension here. Yes, because uh, well, because with the cutting between them, we see that the at the courthouse, um, like Finn is like running around because they have five minutes left, I guess, with their slot or something. Yeah. So he's like running and to get Santana everyone. And Santana is yeah. just Santana. They're all in their bridesmaids dresses too, which is cute. Um, and Santana is like, yeah, she's not coming. We just need to do this wedding. Yeah. Uh, and Finn. Uh, Finn is like, yeah, we need to do this wedding. And Rachel's just like, we, can we wait, please? Like, yeah. Quinn is going to be here. She promised. My, my friendship with um, Quinn, yeah. wink, wink, depends on this. Um, well, okay. So Rachel's obviously obsessed with right. Quinn. We've talked about it a lot. Yes. Uh, and it's part of her fantasy, her heteronormative fantasy that Quinn is there. Right. It's just well, is. Because if Quinn's there, it's almost like she's marrying Quinn. Um, <laughs> almost. But yeah, so... Uh, it, it seems like we're moving forward with the wedding. So Rachel sends a text that says like, where are you in all caps with like 12 or question marks. And then we cut back to Quinn in her car and Quinn finally capitulates because so far she just like glances at her phone sitting in the passenger seat, whenever it buzzes and she capitulates, mm-hmm. picks it up, looks at it and is typing a response that says on my way in all caps. When, as yeah. she yeah she's going through a cross section mm-hmm. um and we hear a horn uh as a car like is coming closer and closer to we we see through the um driver's side window that this car is coming yes. uh and there is an implied crash yes. there's no uh like crashing noise or anything it's just well i feel like cut to black i i thought there was a like a the start of a crash noise there's, before it cuts. There's to black. the horn. Yeah, well, there's the horn for sure. Yeah. Um, and we we cut to black before before we see anything. anything. Else. Yeah. Um, the cinematography is good though because like the car is yeah. like fuzzy through Quinn's window. Um, the positioning is very good for the like setup of the scene. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it you know it sort of reminds me of at the end of I think season one of supernatural they have a similar yeah. car accident no that's true yeah uh yeah that's so yeah I standard don't practice maybe <laughs> but like it's good like the thing is it yeah is. so and yeah. uh plot twist you thought this episode was about moralizing on teen suicide no it was about texting and driving <laughs> god damn <laughs> take it. that that's well to be fair <laughs> it's funny because like i had read the like like couple sentence description for this episode before mm-hmm. I watched it with Chris and like we're like we already knew that this was like the real this is the suicide episode very heavy um but like we finished with Rachel's and stuff and like you know the wedding is gonna happen and everything seems to be going on the up and up and I was just sitting there like s- tense because I knew that this was coming yeah and the- yeah well <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't know if like I can't remember because I knew what was gonna happen when I watched this episode right for the first time in a while last night. I can't remember when I first watched it, if I felt like this sort of innate tension at the end of the episode, but I definitely felt yeah. it on the second watch. Like it's, it's like, Palpable. I don't know the, yeah. the way they, the way that they cut between um, the courthouse and Quinn's car really is like, Oh shit. Something's going to happen. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Which I mean, they, they so. build it correctly. It's just, did it need to be here? 
I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's uh, the it's the most dramatic ending we've ever had. It's the most like cliffhangery ending that we've maybe ever had to a Glee episode. So, I think so. And uh, like, it, if if not the best one, definitely like the most um like dramatic yes. of and like the mo- the one with the most implied um like repercussions. Yes. I guess. No, yeah. Uh yeah um and I'm and the, I I think we're supposed to feel a lot because partly because Quinn just got the Cheerios uniform right. and like the implied like like her life is changing during the uh, like things that she's looking forward to she is like oh I'm looking forward to being the first in my class at Yale right. um so yeah yeah well and to be fair this does spare us from having to see the Finchel wedding. So it does. I'm okay with it. Uh, it, yeah. Um, this uh, they're just putting Quinn through the ringer. They aren't fucking they? hate Quinn, don't they? Just really a lot. <laughs> the, because the worst part is that they try to make us hate Quinn too, because they always paint yeah. her as such a like villainous person. When it's like she has yeah. no reason to be that shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Okay, so that was the episode. We did it. It's finished, and now we need to do the podcast business so that this can yes. end. Podcast business. Podcast business. That was us as magical singers. You're welcome. Oh, I I was trying to sing cough syrup. I was I wasn't trying to sing anything, <laughs> obviously, because I don't don't be I so didn't hard do a on good yourself. Job. But it's a metaphor, and metaphors are important. Gold stars are important because gold stars are a metaphor for me. Being a star. But so, we, as we normally do, the podcast business, we're going to start with gold stars. Um, who goes f- first on this one? Uh, I don't know, but I can go first. Okay. Yeah, sure. Do you want to enlighten us with your gold star? Yes, I'm splitting it between two people. I am giving half of it to Mercedes. Okay. Uh, even though there are some, like, bits where she, like, shames. Right. Do- people who are depressed uh which is not great but i think it's like a perspective issue uh and uh my other half is going to dave karofsky okay yeah yeah that's um yeah i think uh on the mercedes one like the leading the god squad is actually pretty good like i i feel like we they it's weird that they've dredged it up for like these like a couple episodes but yeah. at the same time, like, it's not bad. And, like, I guess Mercedes is a good fit for leading it. But um, on on mine, so I, I'm giving my gold star to Kurt with, good with an honorable mention to Dave Krofsky. Um Perfect. Because, like, so for Kurt, it's because I, I think that out of this episode, the storyline, at least obviously being a queer person like the storyline i think mm-hmm. that i personally relate to the most is the like queer guilt storyline because that's what yeah, society totally. shoves down our throats but uh also i wanted to like I, I i did the honorable mention and i'm sure you gave half to david because first of all max adler's performance is very good oh it's fantastic like one of the best performances we've had from like anyone on the show yeah. Which which is such a shame that he's been like shoved off into the sidelines. Yeah. Um, I think it would like like Karofsky's redemption, uh, could be so impactful if we see more of yeah. it. Yeah. You know, of somebody realizing that 
like internalized hatred ruined their life. Yeah. Well, now Quinn's been in a car accident, so that's probably going to consume everything. But uh, um, no. Whatever. And the other thing too is I really like the hospital scene um, with Kurt and David. I feel like there, are, like I had a lot of concerns about this episode in general before that scene, and mm-hmm. I still have some concerns. But I think that scene helped to alleviate a lot of the concerns I had because I felt like Glee actually did a lot of work there that yeah Yeah. so um but we'll get to that in like just a second let's move to best number best number so our choices this week are uh cough syrup by blaine Mm -hmm. then we have stand glad you came both of those by the warblers uh there's the golden goblets number (laughs) and uh (laughs) then uh new directions performance fly i believe i can fly mashup what doesn't kill you uh, stronger in parentheses, and then here's to us, and that's it. Oh God! Ha- I mean, that's right though. Competition yeah, episodes like are it's... always like just the numbers at the competition, so which is not bad. And I we complained last week with like how Glee mashed. All, well, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Mashed uh, all the songs in like the same spot yeah. and like didn't like space them out. This one, it doesn't feel that way because the episode was actually good yes. um so it didn't feel like overly quiet no well because um, they also yeah. I, I mean we didn't really cover it very much but a lot of these montages that don't actually have music like like singing uh, over they them, are acoustically please have like yeah they have either like sound effects like we're talking about with the doctor scene or um like uh, like ambient more like instrumental music that like really yes. adds to the scene so um but yeah so what are you what are you thinking for the best number i okay so i like cough syrup Mm -hmm. however it does i don't i don't really like the way that cough syrup fits into the uh context of the story i know that it like it i think it matches really well with david's montage Mm -hmm. but i i just don't think it's the best song i think it's a good song to listen to outside of the I think it's well sung. Yeah. Uh, but I'm giving best song to What Doesn't Kill You by The Trouble Tones yep. because it's just, I was, I can't help it. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. So funnily enough, my, I am, I also have contention between those two numbers because I think they're both very good. They're very well done. Like everything like about them is very good. Um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. my issue is I have issues with the implications of the stronger. Choice. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. The implication isn't great. Uh, however, um, I am so no, gay that's okay. and I can't help that's it. That's okay. You, you'll, you, you're picking stronger <laughs> and I'm picking cough syrup because. Great. Yeah. I think honestly, they're covering our bases Those are here. definitely the best two numbers of the episode. And yeah, they both, they both can be seen as problematic in certain ways. So <laughs> yes, yeah. it's very true. Uh, but can't that, that's the whole episode. Exactly. Though, isn't it? So speaking of. So let's, let's just kind of break this all down. Yes. Let's do the, the meaty business of it all and do the final ratings. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give this episode 0.5 slushies, half a slush. Okay. And the reason why I'm doing that is because, and I I changed my mind a little bit. I, I was going to be giving this zero slushies mm-hmm. uh, because I thought the direction was just so impeccable. However, um, talking about it with you and talking about like the queer guilt part of yeah. it all and like not emphasizing that this is like a systematic, pro- like a systematic 
problem with um you know society uh, yeah society uh is such a big it's a it's a big fault of the episode for sure uh even though it doesn't come across that way as i watched it like right. in retrospect it's it's an intense problem so uh point five okay yeah um funny i originally gave this episode one out of five slushies but i'm going down to half a slushie out of five because of the like as you pointed out how incredibly good the direction is on this episode because yeah i was more focused on i don't know if glee should have done this honestly and yeah. i still don't know if they should have but yeah. it's such a hard question to ask um especially because we don't have the context that it had on tv like if it had like trigger warnings yeah. and stuff i feel it's a it's a different ball game but but like, i mean honestly just it was 2012 i doubt yeah. it yeah and like that's saying something because that was only six years ago but like the 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 game has changed yeah. um and uh, one of the other reasons too um is that when i first watched this episode like a week ago i watched it and i was like i don't i i was very firmly like i don't think we should have done this i think this is like really like not tasteful like exploitative yeah. and maybe? like like i was saying i don't think they're reaching the audience that this needed to reach like i think the people who are watching it already knew that this was a big problem um but then over this past week there was the news story about jamal miles who is the nine-year-old mm-hmm. who killed himself over this like over the after the first four days of school this year because he came out at school and was mercilessly bullied for it which is horrific. Fuck. And yeah. honestly was one of those things where I was like, oh, fuck. Like, honestly, if, like, I don't I don't really care if Glee couldn't reach that audience. <laughs> like, at least yeah. they were trying. Like, Yeah, the, the story does need to be told. Yeah. I don't know if they, they don't, they didn't do it perfectly. No, but they, but right? they tried at uh, least, which is. They yeah. tried. So, like, I'm, I think they deserve more props for that than. Yeah. And I. I haven't watched 13 Reasons Why. Uh, I've, like we talked about, I've read the book. Uh, I have watched multiple YouTube video essays destroying it. (laughs) So I think I have a pretty good handle on um, the problems that it, like, shows. And Glee didn't fall into a lot of those traps. Like, there was a... There was a few iffy bits with, like, the montage Mm -hmm. of... Uh, when david puts on his suit and things like that um but like it's not like suicide was never talked about as like a way of like romantic romanticizing yeah. yourself no, that's, like yeah. it, it's never yeah, that it was yeah like, it good good on you glee you did yeah, it especially in the minimal effort. yeah especially in the comparison to 13 reasons why it's very obvious that the reasoning here is much more based in like some internalized like depression, homophobia, things that are like, and yeah. also obviously harassment and bullying, which again, yes. I believe should have been more prominent, but like at the same time it was there and it wasn't a big like martyrdom bullshit thing. That, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think one thing to praise the episode for is that it doesn't have massive tone problems mm where other episodes have it's not like the other storylines aren't so outlandish that this feels too real because that happens so often right is that we'll have like 
Sue dressing up as the fucking Grinch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like paired with, I don't know, something really intense. Like that didn't happen right. here, which I thought was good. The The moments of like levity and humor, especially with the parents at the Finchel wedding, don't feel out of place. Out of yeah, place. no, I, I completely agree. I think um, especially with some of some other Glee episodes that we have talked about, like one of our big issues mm-hmm. is that when Glee tries to ta- handle like heavy topics, they usually have like a really heavy topic storyline. And then like some like grilled cheeses, grilled cheeses is yes, terrible cheeses. because Kurt is literally, <laughs> Kurt is dealing with a really, really serious thing. And then at the same time, an Emmy win, an Emmy winning serious thing, which, which at the same time, <laughs> Finn is praying to a fucking sandwich. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, this show's so stupid. But like, so I agree. I think I think this episode does a much better job of like taking it Managing seriously. The tone. Like, not yeah, yeah. Because because even the Finchel, like the Finchel wedding, is flighty and stupid, but like it's recognized as that yes. in the episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, kind of like some other stuff we've talked about this season. Um, I still am not entirely sure how I completely feel about this, but yeah. our rating is very favorable. Um, yeah, and I, I I, didn't leave this episode with, like, a bad taste in no. my mouth. Like, you come, aw- I came away feeling, I don't know, I, I didn't come away feeling, like, educated <laughs> right, or whatever, yeah. but definitely it's, like, an uplifting message, yeah. uh, and... This is like a like a that bedside talk between Kurt and uh, Karofsky changes the game. Like it yes. makes it make it really sells the episode. I think this is one that is worth watching if you are comfortable with it. If you yeah. yeah, if you feel like you're in a good place to do it, go ahead. Um, it is pretty intense yes. though. It's pretty intense. Yeah. So uh, so. That's the whole thing. Uh, we are at, we done we've done regionals. Next week we're talking season three, episode fifteen, Big Brother, which is gonna be stupid. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, bitch. No, it's so good. Uh, we're going to get to meet Cooper Anderson, which is Blaine's older brother. Is that, I mean, I'm so excited for our metafiction, because like it's not gonna like I don't know how it's gonna work out. But in the meantime, if you want to tell us how you felt about this episode. Maybe you had a very different reaction to this episode, which I think is sort of yes. fair. Like I think somebody else could see this like very differently. Yeah. And if you did, hit us up at our email, snmhakely at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also tweet at us at snmhakely. Yes. And you can also find our Instagram, snmhakely. Message us on Patreon also. That's true. Um, <laughs> where you you can go there, see the extra content if you feel moved to support us. Until next time, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha